Hey, welcome back everyone to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host Donovan Beery, recording from the on-brand conference here in Omaha, Nebraska, 2022. And once again, we, we did this a few years ago. On-brand went virtual last year, so I didn't podcast from it. You know, it didn't happen. But the two years before, this is the this is their fourth one. Great turnout. They sold this thing out, and I think part nice. of it is they brought in Kenny Thacker oh, here. And come Kenny, on now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're part of a sold-out show. I mean, you know, it feels good. I'm, I'm glad I'm learning this now. Um, makes me feel even. I think it now, now it just made my head even bigger. So I don't know if it's going to fit in this hat. But. <laughs> I, I think it technically sold out like yesterday or the day before. Like nice. it's, it's real recent. They said nice. some, some last minute things. They've moved, they've moved it to a location just half a mile from my office, which makes it great for me. That's a win. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, I got to thank, I got to thank the four organizations that, that have brought everybody in and have set this up. It's the Omaha chapters of the AAF, the AIGA, the AMA, and the PRSA. So it's the design, advertising, marketing, PR groups in mm-hmm. town. They've come together. They brought in everyone. Kenny, Kenny, where would you see yourself in these four? Or are you all of them? Like, like? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of all. Definitely not design, needless to say. But I do have an eye. But yeah, I mean, but I've spent you know like the last billion years like. You know, in advertising, and then, uh, but I did say I did work for maybe six or seven months in PR, so I actually have worked in actually both industries, needless to say, doing this work. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that to me that they that there are almost that there are like four different organizations because there's so much overlap. Between yeah, them. a lot of overlap. They all, I mean, they all do good things, and that's what we need. So mm-hmm. it's it's good to see them kind of join forces and form like Voltron here in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> the Voltron. For, for, for good peoples. And also, you know, to, to have these conversations. I mean, I know a lot of people look forward to these, these conferences, regardless of where they are in the country, because they provide a sense of community. And that's something that a lot of people sometimes don't have within their office, is that sense of community and to be around like-minded people. And things of that nature. So, yeah, I'm 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 all for conference love, and you know, <laughs> regardless of where it is, um, I think it's a good time because this is something that some people look forward to all year, if if they attend just like one. Um, and and now since things are slowly but surely coming back to in person, hopefully you know they'll have opportunities not to just attend one of these conferences this year, but maybe multiple ones in just different times of the year. I mean, I know I've, I've been to Nebraska during the winter. I know it sucks, so maybe not during the winter. Don't even remind me. I, I, can only uh. think that, I can't think about that. Let me get some caffeine here. Make it, make it, make it, even just talk in winter. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the colder places I've been to, and I've been to Finland, needless to say, and I was probably about 5,000 miles away from the North Pole. So I've been to some cold places, but amongst those cold places conversation, I always bring up Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> Which, okay, so like today it's going to be warm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Out yeah, here. Oh, it's we walked here today. Oh yeah, but that's in the morning. It's going to get warm here. Yeah, yeah. This afternoon. Yeah. So, and you've mentioned you you came to Nebraska when you were when you were right. still in school. Yeah. So I I take it you came in the winter. What made you think um, like, hey, this sounds like a good idea? Man, look, it, it, short story. It was it was a girl. You know what I mean? It was a girl that I had met. I had met at a conference, sure, in Chicago, of all places, and you know we just stayed in touch and things of that nature. And then she was, we were both seniors in high school, and she was like, you know, I'd like for you to take me to my prom. I was like, okay. So 
kind of begged my mom. I was like, oh, mom, I'm so into her. And then, and then everything. And my mom flew me out here. And she was my girlfriend for a little while. And I think the last, the time when it was really cold is when I came out to visit her for Christmas. And that was when I experienced that negative 14 weather. Oh. Yeah. So the I first like time you, I but came, I, don't, I don't negative 14 <laughs> weather like you. Yeah, that was the first time yeah, I'd ever rough. been in negative 14. Like when people, I don't, I don't know if they still do it out here, but, you know, do those experiments where they throw water up in the air and it turns into snow or something like that. Like that's how cold it was here. It was insanely cold. Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get the whole spectrum of Nebraska between that trip and this trip. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely you know two two decades have passed, um, so it's nice to see it in its full bloom. And you know, I mean, of course, it it is bloody hot, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, look, I'm inside, so I'm not gonna complain. You know, from here to wherever we go after here, most likely be in a car. I'm not going to complain. Um, and plus, back in New York, it's crazy hot too right now. So <laughs> yeah. so you know, I'm I, I personally enjoy the summer. So. Well, well, this I'm whole fine. area, no, by the way, has all beans. grown up since you've been here last. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, so in, the, we're in the Exarban area of mm-hmm. town. Which, yeah, Exarban. Which, which is Nebraska spelled backwards, if you wondered. Yeah, I've been learning that. <laughs> and, and it's actually now. named that because we had there was a horse track that was right here. This is literally an old horse track. Mm-hmm. And when the casinos went in Council Bluffs, why would you go to a horse track when you have casinos literally across the river? Mm. So that is why, if you wonder, why is there a new development in the middle of town mm-hmm. it's because you take on a horse track it takes up a lot of space i guess hmm. Interesting. so otherwise there would not be so what happened to all the horses well, i mean i don't think they ever <laughs> lived lived here they didn't have like a i mean i'm assuming they had stables but okay. it's not like they had a horse village <laughs> where you know. what happened to all the gamblers <laughs> well as i said they're just there's a oh there's so they go to the casino literally across okay. the river okay so it's I, I think the gamblers are doing fine. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, you can. if you're titled a gambler, are you doing fine? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I guess they have things to do, is what I'm saying. Hey, that's beautiful. I mean, the, the gambling know. community did not go away. Okay, okay. And I mean, it's a source of revenue for the town. Look, like no, it's all in Iowa. But, oh, but Nebraska did just pass a. We did pass it. Was it last year or something? Or it was the year before? Mm-hmm. On on when we voted, and and so we're getting casinos. So I guess there'll be one here. There is a horse track that I think runs races one weekend a year. Like so, there are no Omaha. casinos in in Omaha right now. In all of Nebraska, all but, in the, but in there all will of be. Nebraska. Wow. No, but they're making it legal. Okay. The voter thing. Okay. But. The Council Bluffs, which is a suburb, basically, it's in the it's in the metro area. Mm-hmm. They're right there because they're in Iowa. Okay, that's what's happening. So, so Iowa's not far. I never knew Iowa wasn't that far from here. We are on the edge of the state. Ah, yeah, my geography is pretty bad. Yeah, and it's weird. There's a there's a little area of town called um, Carter Lake mm-hmm. um, that that is technically in Iowa, but you wouldn't even know because you don't really cross the river. Because I think that Corps of Engineers moved the river or something, and you'll Move you'll actually river. you'll actually years ago mm. and and so that area there's an area of that feels like you're in Omaha because you mm. never leave the river but you're technically in Iowa and you, so depending on which way they take you to, to the airport mm-hmm. you may actually enter Iowa and then be back in Nebraska mm. I guess there's no tolls or no okay. we're used to we pay tolls everywhere we go in New York now, now Kenny where, where do people go to find your work your work work 
Like, what are they going to follow? I mean, KennyThacker.com, HunterRoseFromConcrete.com, like those two places, like that's where they can follow me. I mean, everything is pretty much just the way it's pronounced. Even like, you know, Twitter is just at Kenny Thacker. Hunter Roses is 100RFC um, on Twitter. And, you know, same thing for Instagram, like, you know, Hunter Rose from Concrete on Instagram, Kenny Thacker on Instagram. Just, you know, I don't try to make it complicated. I just try to make it as easy as possible for people to find me. And, you know, if they like what I'm doing, you know, then, you know, come along for the ride. And Kenny is K-E-N-I. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. We're going to be right back with Kenny Thacker. Kenny, now we've been talking about Nebraska. You're 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 in New York, it yes, sounds like now. And great, great opening keynote. Started the conference. They're doing breakout sessions right Thank now. Thank you so much. And, and the main talk was the Hundred Roses from Concrete. What what brought about this uh, this organization that you founded? Um, it just it for a, for a long time being in advertising, I just couldn't find my tribe. I couldn't find my tribe. I didn't know where I fit in. Um, I've always been passionate about diversity. Well, I haven't been passionate about diversity my whole time in advertising. It, it took my first five years to, to get into it because I guess I just kind of accepted things the way they were. Um, just, you know, oh, it's corporate America. Like, there's not a lot of people of color here. Just, like, kind of sucked it up and everything like that. But when I started learning about... Not that I didn't know the word diversity, but just like there are actually like diversity initiatives and programming that you can create. And watching someone do it inspired me. And not to say that I wanted to be better, but I knew I could do it different. Right. And just due to the fact that I'm a creative person, I was like, I want to do this creatively. I don't want to do this kind of in an HR kind of box, right? Human resources kind of box. Even though I have a lot of respect for people in human resources, so nobody throw daggers at me if I you know, say it, but I just don't feel like the way they do it is very creative. I feel like it's very by the book. Well, I think I think when we talk about diversity, mm-hmm. part of the reason, and we've had people on the show talk about mm-hmm. it, part of the reason we want to push it is because when you're selling to everybody, mm-hmm. It really helps to get everybody's opinion out there. Yes. And so, and part of design is also, you know, everything's customized yeah. and it's unique. So, so I don't think you're throwing HR under the bus. They have their way, which which works. Which if you're in HR, may be great. Mm-hmm. But like design and like diversity, it doesn't necessarily draw the audience that you would want to draw. Yeah. Um, I mean, because like, I just feel. They're, they they play the they play by the book, you know. They color in between the lines, like I don't color in between the lines. You know, I'm all over the place with it, but also, I'm all over the place with it in a creative way. But I'm also view it as a business need, right? Because you need bodies that understand the business and understand the different demographics. And just like you said before, getting everybody to kind of have an opinion. But if the opinion is just kind of coming from one set group that all kind of benefit from the same type of privileges, then it's just like, well, how is this going to speak to everybody? Everybody didn't grow up with a mom and a dad. Everybody didn't have a mom and a dad to pay for school. Some people had to get loans, right? <laughs> like, right. there's so many, you know, different ways to, to think about diversity, even outside of just um, race and and gender, right? There's 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 socioeconomical, there's social educational diversity, right? But we need that 
because it can't just be, you know, like, oh, well, everybody went to, you know, I don't even know anybody from Purdue, but everybody went to Purdue. That means the work is going to look like someone that went to Purdue. Sure. But why not have someone that went to Purdue and someone that went to, you know, Omaha, Nebraska University, University of Omaha, Howard University, Morehouse University, people that go to community colleges, right? People are bright everywhere. And that's something that we have to understand and accept and acknowledge that people are smart everywhere. It's not just one place, right? Because what happens is when we just start thinking about one place to kind of get people, it also gives people that may attend that may be attending that university or that college or maybe from that place kind of like this bravado like yeah well yeah i went to purdue and nobody can tell me nothing like i know agencies and taking purdue out of the conversation i know agencies that have gone to universities to recruit with contracts in hand oh that's bold it's bold but it also puts boldness in the students because you and i are friends now but Kenny and Donovan, we're going to the career fair, and we know agency XYZ is going to be there. Me or, one or, you, me or you are getting jobs. Oh, I like the sound of this. But, but no, I get it. I get but, it. But it's yeah. also like a cockiness. Like, we're not really worried, right? Because one, we're friends, we support each other, but we know, like, one of us is getting a job today. And, and it, just because you get a job at agency X, I'll probably get the job at agency Z. Okay. And we're going to sign a contract today. Oh jeez. Okay. Like it's that it's it's that yeah. kind of cockiness that I don't like because I think when you know whenever however old you are 20, 21, like you should all be nervous on career day, especially if organizations are giving interviews on the spot. But like if they're already coming with contracts in hand, it's like you kind of know like something good's going to happen today. Right. It it should just be way more diverse in regards to especially on the social educational side but then that ties in this just the diversity of just like backgrounds and ethnicities and abilities and all that other stuff but it has to it just needs to be fair across the board i feel like still things are not really that fair i mean i've gotten a lot of flack from portfolio schools because of what i say and i stand by what i say even though look look you're giving people an education great but not everybody can afford a portfolio school after undergrad, you already got what, hundred and fifty thousand dollars in undergrad loans that that you paid. If you're paying for school yourself, and then you need another fifty thousand dollars to pay for a portfolio school just to get a job that's going to pay you under what you owe in student loans. Come on now. Yeah, that, that's rough. It that's is rough. rough. And, 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 and full <laughs> disclosure here, I I went to uh, I went to the state university, and I'm actually teaching at the local community college. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I. I understand the other students where they're very talented yeah and they they're not they're not at purdue nope <laughs> by the way i also know nobody from purdue i know nobody at purdue so yeah shout out to purdue and nobody i know there <laughs> yeah i'm sure the portfolios there are great i don't even know if they have a design they, they don't have a design program i was just throwing okay. it out because okay. i didn't want to say specific portfolio schools yeah, yeah you yeah. know because like i mean i appreciate what they're doing but it's it's another expense after undergrad. It's another expense. But the thing is, with some of these portfolio schools, it's just like that that example I gave you earlier about agencies going to universities. 
a lot of agencies view portfolio schools as the holy grail of where to get talent. But there's only but so many portfolio schools. Right. And I guess, I guess you know, here in, in Nebraska, I don't know if that's the case because we're not near a portfolio school. Well, so Denver, make Denver, I don't know how close Denver is. It's like here. eight hours. Okay. But, but, so but, that's not, that's but not what I too mean far. Is, <laughs> if, 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 if you go to a portfolio school in Denver, you're probably not thinking, well, I'm going to move to Omaha to work. Like, you're already in a bigger market. If you need it. Well, but the thing is, the reason why some of these students go into debt by going to these portfolio schools because they know the agencies will look there. Right. I'm just saying the, I don't think the agencies here are going out to look for them, but I'm sure they do look at certain schools. Oh, no. They, they, yeah. they have yeah. a list. They have, yeah. I mean, they have a list and they have responsibilities, but I just feel like there's so many schools in America. Right? There's so many schools in America. And to kind of go back to what I was talking about in, in the keynote, you know, if you're talking about culture, but you're going to these like highly white institutions, you're just perpetuating that culture. Right. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you're not really li- living out the true meaning of that culture, especially if, you, if you're talking about being inclusive in the same conversation. It's like, you know, you're not being inclusive. You're being actually exclusive. So how does 100 Roses from Concrete yes. go about trying to, you know, do their part in, in yeah. changing this? Yeah. So, so we, so one of the many things we do is, I mean, well, at the core of probably a lot of what we do is professional development, right? So like when I think about the days when I started in advertising and even through the time I left, but I guess I'm still in it because I have my own companies. But support just was never there. Not even from people, the few people that even looked like me. They're just, I just didn't feel like there was a support system that I had and like someone like looking out for me and like this is what you do to kind of make it from A to B and then B to C and things of that nature. Like there just wasn't nobody there. So that's why creating this community of opportunity and service was very important to me because that's what I wanted to do for not just junior people, but middle people and even senior people because we all just need a support system. So throughout the year we do, I mean, obviously we were on a, we're on a virtual model now because of- Well, you, you know, were founded on a virtual model, right? Yeah. Like, um, like no, no, we actually, well in 2019, we actually met in person like a couple oh, times. Oh, so, so yeah. You, okay, because then you're talking sound like it started because of like, yeah. it's, you had just got it kicked off. Yeah, we just like, got oh, kicked off. Virtual. Yeah, 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 I mean, I re- I still remember that last meeting that we had in person, at least for the people, because when we did the in-person stuff, it was always in New York, because that's where I am. So sure. there were always people from other states on the phone. But I remember canceling an in-person meeting, because I was like, look, y'all, there's something, on, there's something coming. I don't know what it is. People are getting sick here and there, but it's about to get real. I was like, virtual model from this point on. And... The rest is history. I mean, we we are slowly, slowly doing stuff in person now, but it's still like once a year. Like we're not doing a lot of in-person stuff. One, because I care about my members, right? And, right? and it's their safety and their health. You know, some of these, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, have families. Like I have a family. Like, you know, it's, it's about their safety at the end of the day. So yes, 98% of our stuff 
is virtual, but then there's that small 2% that we that we try to do. And we're actually trying to schedule something in per, two more in-person things before the year is out this year. But yeah, providing that support, providing that community, a lot of the virtual um, like workshops that we do tend go from anywhere from how do you negotiate salary and things of that nature. We definitely had conversations about different like communities so like you know we've had a conversation about the trans community in the media space we've had conversations about we we had we had a panel called create with us not for us and that was all about the lgbtq plus community and how only during during june everyone's super gay but, but <laughs> except like, for skittles which actually skittles is great at supporting i know but and 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 starburst yeah. um you know but only like you know during june is everyone super gay but then it's also like some of the stuff that people are creating for pride month especially on the advertising side it's not even created by people that are gay right and that's why we, we were at the office and then the other person in the office he's, he's in the community and, and i was talking to him about the, the gray skittles round but they i think i was like I, it's probably a supply chain thing they, they were out in july this year not in june right and he looked into it and got excited because he really because it became very apparent it's like all the packaging all the artwork and everything mm-hmm. is is done by that community and, mm-hmm. which means they actually did what you're supposed to do yeah yeah because like one thing that i especially when i was starting this work and doing programs outside of my community right so straight black male right so if I was doing anything that was outside of that I always elicit ask for feedback and ask for guidance from people in that community because the last thing I would want to do is disrespect or bastardize their their community and their story so a lot of the stuff that I did, I always asked for feedback and just input and like, what would you like to see? Who would you like to hear from? Who do you want me to bring in to speak or things of that nature? Like, what, what would you like to see? So, I mean, I'm proud to say, I, I know this is probably not a popular topic these days, but I remember doing a panel before gay marriage was legal in New York. And then a year later, I did a panel after it was legal. But on that panel were people that from the community that were married, but then people like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. So it was a very nice, balanced kind of group. And one of one of them was um, a, a, a pastor that that was that was marrying people in New York. So it was very interesting hearing from someone like from I guess you would call it the clergy talk about it and things of that nature. But then he was also talking about some of the backlash he was getting from some of the clergy for marrying people from that community. So it was, it was very interesting to do that. It seems like forever ago now, and now it seems like it's back on the table, sad to say. Yeah, it's, it's um, I think part of, part of the diversity, too, and, and, and why you promote people should hire people of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, it's even, you know, it goes from age, race, mm-hmm. yeah. gender, the whole works, is that even if you're doing work that may be for, you're like, hey, we're going to hit this community, mm-hmm. just by constantly working around people of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. you think that, oh, maybe I should think about this. Even if nobody hears of that background, you, you start to think differently, which I think does help a lot. Yeah. It, it in, helps a in, lot. In marketing, design. It, it helps a lot because it expands the thinking. Right? And it gets people out of their comfort zones. And I think some, some of the best creativity comes out of your comfort zone. 
So, like, yeah, during my keynote, you know, I was talking about how I felt like everything was super dark and everything like that. That's that's just how I was feeling. But it also is like, I got to get off my ass. I'm not going to sit in this darkness. I have to bring some type of light, right? And a, 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 a friend of mine from the UK, he was like, yeah, dude, this does suck. He's like, but some beautiful things are going to come out of this. Like, we can't sit around and store and, and stew, sorry, in our, in our, in our sadness, <laughs> you know, like, okay, yeah, we're home. Yeah. Okay. We're home. We can't change anything about that right now, but at least we can try to look out to what life is going to be like whenever all this is over in whatever form that is, we're all going to be different. But I think the true positive transformation is how we come out of this different, but better than we were before. Because I think like, but pre-2020, there was a lot of things that we took we took advantage of that we didn't realize how important they were. Or some things that weren't really that important, and we gave them importance. But two and a half years later, we've all made certain type of adjustments, and I think they've all been for the better, for most people at least. Yes, um, and, I, and I do think it's interesting you say there are things that, yeah, I thought things were important, and those things aren't. Yeah. And, and things and people, right? right. Like, 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 you know, you, you kind of think back to, you know, if it was a circle of friends or a certain number of friends, and now we're two and a half years later, and you're like, you know what? I don't think I really needed to be friends with that person anymore. I haven't even heard from them in the last two and a half years. Right. <laughs> I haven't heard from them. They haven't heard from me. And I don't think I'm going back down that road either. Right. You know? No, it's all fair. <laughs> All right, we're going to be right back with Kenny. Any other big plans while you're here in Omaha? Uh, you know, press the flesh, you know, meet some people, um, shake some hands. I don't think anybody brought a baby, so I can't kiss no babies. <laughs> I don't know if that's frowned upon now. No one, was, no one was crying during your talk, but that was also I good. Like, I, you, you know, I, mean, I wasn't trying to make anybody... Okay. No, well, um, I was like, you, you would have heard the babies if I... Oh, oh yeah, sure, because there was a baby sitting in front of me on the flight here. You couldn't um, have... Uh, and for that baby, you love was, babies, but... It was a good baby. If you have a baby with a hundred and some... You know, 150, 170 people here in a room, it's going to cry at least once during an hour. Mm, you would have known. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad, you know, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm glad that didn't happen. But, I mean, but it was, it was definitely good to have the opportunity to just, like, kick this off. I know... I definitely dropped some truth bombs, needless to say, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. That's just who I am. But I, I wanted to, you know, kind of leave people with some things to kind of think about, not just while they're here, but even when they leave. What is the biggest takeaway you want people to, to get from, from your whole talk? Is that they can be active participants in this change. They can be active participants. They don't have to be, you know, CEO or whatever high title. They, they, they can act they can be active participants in the change that they want to see if they really want to do it and I mean because 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 I mean I wasn't CEO when I started doing all this type of work and things on nature I was close to the at least I felt like I was close to the bottom of the barrel right <laughs> I felt like I was close to the bottom of the barrel but I kind of circled around until I came out to a, to, a, to as close as on top as possible, and but that was by being loud, but also 
as, as we were talking about in the other segment, kind of weighing on that creativity and ways to get through to people. And regardless if it was something that was in print or something that was in person or something that was video or something that was an experience, people got that because I have a degree in education. So I'm very cognizant of the way that people interpret information and I try to meet them there. So like, yeah, okay, for the pride thing, did we do a panel? in person with people yeah but for black history month i did a documentary okay so it, it so it's all because some people just don't people learn in different ways but i feel like by giving them that option is just something that's fun i mean i remember for like a, a latinx slash hispanic heritage month thing i created a cookbook full of different latino recipes that people would like would not donate but share Sure. With me, and I gave that to the to the office where I was working at the time. Just like a different way to kind of view the different cultures. That it doesn't have to be moving pictures or people yapping at the mouth all the time. It can just be something practical. Like, hey, here's a cookbook of twenty different simple recipes that anybody can make. Even, I would totally take one of those. Even cookbooks. somebody that sucks at yeah. cooking like me, right? Because I, I burn ice. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's it's. There's there's a certain there's a certain beauty to to the simplicity of things, right? Because when you think about humanity, we are all different but the same, right? We hurt, we love, we laugh, we cry. You know, we all kind of share certain things. So I think by building conversations and experiences and visuals, all just all all kind of centered around the humanity of it all and how we're all kind of stuck on this blue marble together at least for the unforeseeable future until somebody you know gets a rocket goes to mars or something like that we're all here together and we all kind of want the same things for our family and our friends and our kids and you know future future grandkids and things like that. we all kind of want the same things it's just a matter of how we go about getting them and things of that nature like you know we all just want peace, peace of mind. Right. I think that's so important. But when you, now I'm going to tie this back to, you know, why we're here today, though, we have to also think about the role we play as marketers and how we don't perpetuate the negative. Because that's what, unfortunately, we see more of now than, than anything else. We see a lot of the negative. So how do we, how do we counteract that na- narrative? with what we do and what we do for our brands. Because if we're gonna talk about how do we staff this industry with diverse talent and you know this millennials and Gen Zs and things like that, they wanna work at places that are purpose-driven. They don't wanna work at places that are doing commercials or you know working on creative work for like Border Patrol or something like that. Like They wanna work at places that align with where they are emotionally. Right. And and if your agency isn't doing that on some level... I think people always have. Mm-hmm. It's just with social media and everything, you realize that now you can. Yeah. And, like, and you oh, can do it very fast. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to take the job for the company you hate or there's another company. Yep, exactly. And, and, and I think that's where a lot of organizations don't realize that's where they're losing in this quote-unquote talent war. It's because they're not keeping up with the times. Even though, you know, all of us come to work, you know, in jeans and sneakers and things of that nature, like, oh, it's not corporate, da 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 Yeah. 
I always say, don't don't get confused by the jeans and sneakers of the advertising PR industry. Like, yeah, it's liberal, but there's still a lot of conservatism in it as well. So it's just like, you know, be be very mindful. <laughs> don't <Well>, assume. <laughs> well, last question. What what advice do you give to the to the people just getting into the industry? I tell them to be a sponge, because that's how. Let me tell you, Donovan. That's how. I, do people still say that's how I got here? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. I'm 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 using the old person lingo as well, um, probably. But back in my day. Yeah, like, but be a sponge. You know, I've been extremely fortunate to be on the fly, be a fly on the wall in a lot of places where a lot of people don't get to be. But I was just a fly on the wall. I wasn't a power broker. I wasn't making any decisions or anything like that. But I got to witness certain men and women really have a commanding presence, make million dollar deals and things of that nature. But I was just, you know, a fly on the wall in the room. And even though people probably thought I wasn't paying attention, I was. I was soaking it all in, knowing what to accept, what not to accept. And I'm, I'm forever grateful. I'm, I'm not even going to shout out those people who I was in those rooms with because they don't even know that I'm grateful to them for me just, like, being in there. But, like, you know, from Seattle, Washington to the old castles in Barcelona to the south of France to Los Angeles, New York, you know, you name it. I've probably been there, but being with those people and kind of just like watching them handle their business and and not and not necessarily all of them were diverse. Not really, but just being able to kind of be there has kind of given me the confidence, I would say, to do what I do. And to apply those business lessons to the diversity field in advertising, marketing, media, and public relations and kind of create my movement, right? And, and create the opportunities and things of that nature for, like I said before, this next generation, but even older people, because we have programs for people over 40 within 100 Roses from Concrete as well. Yeah, I was gonna ask, how do, how do people get involved with the 100 Roses? From concrete. I mean, look, we're we're everywhere, right? Um, the the big thing, the big hashtag that everyone kind of knows us from is that we out here. <laughs> okay. This is a hashtag we out here. I like it. I like um, it because because we are. I mean, just like I announced, you know, during the thing that you know we had an alumni right from Omaha be a part of one of our the first growth initiative that we have. So yeah, we out here. We're out here in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm I'm glad to be here today. The ways they can get involved. I mean, obviously, you know, we we have we've been extremely lucky to have certain corporate sponsors be a part of our journey because they believe what we're doing is important. And never in my wildest dreams, especially when I was on the agency side, would you tell me that, yeah, one day Kenny's gonna be partnering with Adobe, billion dollar company. Never in my wildest dreams. Yeah, well that's great, congrats by the way. Thank you. And, <laughs> or, or that, you know, one day Kenny will be speaking at Adobe Max, that conference, right? I spoke there like last year. Like, never in my wildest dreams when I was on the agency side would I, did I think I was going to be here, to be totally honest with you. But that was because, just like the example I gave in the keynote, like, I wasn't receiving that sunlight, that water, and that soil to grow. And it sucked. 
because I had all these ideas in my head, but like no one was like, I see you. I see where you want to take this. Like very, there was very few people. And you know, when, when, but when I, when I struck that match, like I'm going to do this. Cause I, I created a hundred rows from concrete, literally my, and I don't care now cause I don't work there anymore, but I literally threw hundred roses together during my last few weeks at JWT when I was working there because it was just on my mind. And I was like, if I don't make this now, I'm not going to do this. And before I resigned, <laughs> I had started the organization, you know, but it was something that I knew I had to make it different than because they I mean, not not that Hunter Rose from Concrete is the first you know kind of diversity centric you know sure or, but it, it take, it's going to take there. more than one as well yeah like like <laughs> you don't need to be the first yeah and and, it, and if someone's listening if you got an idea there's more that are needed yeah there, I, I mean we we need so many more because we're playing catch up to over half half a century of just crap. Oh, it takes longer than that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. so long. It, yeah. It's so, I mean, it's almost like a hundred years of of just crap um, within this industry. Um, especially when when you read about when you read ad history and how incredibly racist it's been. When and, I watched Mad Men, they all seemed fine. It's all just normal people. Yeah, yeah they're all normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that show. By the way. Um, and I, I have a story about that, but we won't talk about that. All today. right. But yeah, so I mean, like with Hundred Roses and also you know Kenny Thacker LLC, like my main mission is just to speed this up. It's like really speed this up. I know it's not gonna happen overnight, but to really speed this up and be thoughtful but also aggressive at the same time, and having you know the platform like that was given to me today to kind of talk about it and what we all could be doing like that's just a step in the right direction so like like I said during my agency days I never thought I'd be here even here but you know it all it's it's paying off slowly but surely and and I'm gonna keep having these conversations you know in front of 150 people or five people I'm still gonna do it <laughs> well Kenny we really appreciate your time and we, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll catch up with some other event in the future. Yes, yes. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Beery is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.